0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me. Not all stories have a happy ending. That was made very clear in this latest episode of Hard Knocks in Season. It was a tough look back at the Patriots game. Plus, there are roster moves to talk about, seven of them. But first, General Manager Steve Keim has taken a health-related leave of absence from the team. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 624, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2.
0: Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash
1: podcasts.
0: He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! (laughs) Wow!
1: Here's Craig Grealoux.
0: We often forget, Danny, and we've talked about this since Hard Knocks' in-season has debuted, that coaches, players, they're people. And we lose sight of that often. And the latest example of that is that General Manager Steve Kime is currently on a health-related leave of absence. Kime's duties, in an official statement from the team, being handled on an interim basis by Vice President of Player Personnel Quentin Harris – and Vice President of Pro Personnel, Adrian Wilson. No other details, but we do want to point out and wish nothing but the best for Steve Kime and whatever he is dealing with because that, that means more than anything that happens on a Sunday or in this case, this past Monday night.
1: Football comes secondary to health and making sure that you're okay as a person. Always not just Steve kind, but everyone in this building, whether that's physical or mental. And I hope people just keep that in mind. I know that part of the fan base feels strongly, maybe one way or the other about this organization with the way that the season has panned out at four and nine. But I hope that people remember that they are more than just their titles and they are people as well. And to keep that in mind, um, throughout throughout this time and I think too especially of not I mean we, we don't know what this is and we obviously hope he's okay I think too of not to be too down about it or look to you know one end of the spectrum but I think just with the recent news around sports of Grant Wall passing away and Mike Leach and I just think it's a time that you need to be kind and thoughtful and Take it back to elementary school. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all.
0: Yeah, well said. Steve Kime has been the general manager since 2013. A real fixture with the organization going all the way back to 1999 when he was a regional scout. So synonymous, the Arizona Cardinals and Steve Kime once again on a health-related leave of absence, and we wish nothing but the best for Steve Kime. No easy transition here, but when you talk about real life, We did get that in Episode 5 of Hard Knocks in Season when we got a little bit more in-depth into DeAndre Hopkins and his family, his mom in particular. And to me, Danny, that was, I wouldn't say the biggest takeaway, but that was the biggest focus, focal point of Episode 5 because there might be people that aren't familiar with that story. I've, I've heard it told several times, but still I think it's worth repeating. And we saw in, what was it, episode four, a previous episode of Hop visiting a domestic violence shelter and helping those because he, his mom, victims of domestic violence.
1: His mother very bravely told her story about how 20 years ago she became a survivor. She was a victim of domestic violence that left her in a medically induced coma and when she came out of it was blind and hasn't had her eyesight since and she told the story sitting on the couch sitting next to hop and just seeing the way he didn't verbally say much if anything at all when his mother was retelling the story but you could see it physically of just even though i'm sure he's heard this story many times or has thought about it many times seeing the way that he was reacting to hearing his mother retell it and how she was left at the gas station by this man that she had been seeing left to die and how he had already lost his father and at a young age he's being told he will probably lose his mother. When players say that they have been through a lot to get to where they are and life can be more than football, this is what they mean. These are those types of stories. And I loved that they highlighted this story and his mother and their relationship on the game against the Patriots Monday night because that was the My Cause, My Cleats game. And Hop wore these really vibrant purple cleats for the smooth foundation, his foundation for domestic violence awareness and education. And so I liked that that was, even though they didn't bring it up, it was still tied in. And I think you get to see a look at Hopkins and we've talked about on these cover two episodes before, when you see Hard Knocks and you learn that Hopkins, he you know he went to that shelter and he was getting to meet the women there and how he drives downtown with a van of water bottles and delivers water to homeless people that are you know downtown and does all these things to give back and I think it's easy to see now why and where that's all rooted in him from
0: and a lot of what Hopkins does is a way from the cameras, but you mentioned it, seeing Hopkins visibly affected by his mom retelling that story even 20 years after the fact, and it would have been a great punctuation to episode five if, one, the Cardinals had beaten the Patriots, and two, Hopkins had scored a touchdown. That was another talking point that Hop had not scored against the New England Patriots with head coach Bill Belichick and the respect that those two have for one another the conversation that the cameras caught of them having during the course of the game. It was obviously during a break in the action, but you don't tend to see that. And the admiration that the head coach has for the player and the player for the head coach, you always want that Hollywood happy ending. And we didn't get that in Episode 5, but I'll give Hopkins credit. He took responsibility for that loss.
1: Absolutely. That's the accountability that you want, that accountability that head coach Cliff Kingsbury was talking post-game in the locker room to his team about having. Um, It would have been a nice ending for him to have another ball to give to his mom, which was part of the story as well as how when he scores a touchdown, he looks for her in the stands to give her the ball, and once she realized that she could keep them, she told him keep them coming, which I thought was pretty funny. You know, obviously watching this episode, I knew how it was going to end, Craig, and I knew that I was going to be sad, but I almost like forgot about the fumble, and so when it happened, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about this, and I thought it was funny to watch Hop's sister in the suite with his mom, and she held out her mom's hand the way that Hop was holding the ball one-handed, and she was kind of like, that's how he was holding it? And his sister was like, "He's he's got to secure the ball, he's got to have two hands, and I just thought it was like, it was just pretty funny to see, like, you know, hearing them talk about Hop like that.
0: And fans reacting to that play no different than mom and sister reacting to that play, watching her son, her brother, have a mental mistake. I mean, that's the only way to put it. A M.E. by DeAndre Hopkins, which hardly ever happens, and he was very quick sitting on the bench. Quote, I lost us the game. I let him get the momentum. That's on me. I'm going to take this one. End quote. He even mentioned it to his family at the end of the ball game. And then, obviously, then the then the mom comes out and says, oh, no, son, it's it's okay. But you like to see that because sometimes, it's, again, the way that you and I watch a game or fans watch a game and then family members watch a game, well, yeah, there's different feelings when you're watching A good friend or a close family member perform yet at the same time you're also a fan and you have that same reaction that angst or that happiness when something goes wrong or something goes right
1: there were a lot of emotions in this episode really watching the game um, which you know they obviously can't even show everything but it was just you have this heartfelt moment with Hopkins and his mom even though he had the fumble, even though they lost the game. You know, it kind of tugs on your heartstrings getting to know him. Um, We got to know Cliff Kingsbury even better in this episode, and it's all just kind of juxtaposed with the opposite kind of emotions of watching your franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray, get carted off on a non-contact injury in the third play of the game, tearing his right ACL.
0: And I'm guessing that that will be – probably talked about more in upcoming episodes because we heard earlier on Wednesday that the plan is for Kyle Murray to undergo surgery after Christmas, but is expected to be around the facility until then, obviously to do some pre-surgery rehab to hopefully speed that recovery process along. So we'll wonder, just curious how much that gets detailed here in the next several episodes before the close of the regular season.
1: And we didn't really see a lot when it was Zach Ertz's injury, and maybe that was just because they didn't have a lot. Maybe they didn't feel like it was such a prevalent story. But I feel like this will be very different for pretty obvious reasons of he's a franchise quarterback. Um, but it will be interesting to see what they get because it doesn't really sound like Kyler will be in the building a lot. It just kind of sounds like right now the plan is for him to rest and let that swelling go down before surgery and he can start to feel better and be more mobile and kind of be involved moving forward maybe the last game or two.
0: Speaking of Kyler Murray we did see a teachable moment if you will he and Andre Bocelli this was during practice and one-on-one work and how to run a route and then all of a sudden fast forward the next play successful pass and catch we also saw J.J. Watts sitting down with Cameron Thomas in the film room offering not only football advice, but just life advice. And what stood out to me, quote, never talk yourself out of being successful, end quote. And the struggle that J.J. retold to Cameron about how, even as a first-round pick for J.J., it was a struggle his rookie season.
1: Yeah, I think that was pretty important. And I can only imagine Cam talked about it, how he grew up watching J.J. So could you imagine not only being teammates, but you're sitting there one-on-one watching J.J. break down film. I mean, it, nothing could be more invaluable than that, I would imagine. And the fact that Cam had that big play where he swatted Mac Jones's arm and the ball popped up and Isaiah Simmons got the interception and Cam Thomas has had some of those spark plays the last couple of games when he's been in there. Um, so that that again just kind of shows nobody else is in the room just kind of shows. Proof of what J.J. says, which we've heard him say when it comes to rookies and younger players, mostly when we ask him about Zach Allen, how important it is for him, how much responsibility he's put on himself to help teach younger players, not just fundamentals of the game, but taking care of your body and how to live life as a professional football player so that they can skip some of the steps, some of the mistakes that JJ experienced early in his career, kind of help them get to where they need to be to reach their full potential faster. When it comes to Kyler... This isn't even the first time we've seen this. No. It was a couple of episodes when rookie offensive lineman Lucita Smith was about to get his first start at right guard and they were at the the dinner and Lucita was talking about how the screens were just giving him so much trouble. And Kyler says to him essentially the same thing he says to Andre Bocelli, which is just, just relax. Just play ball. You know what you're doing. Just relax. So it's not even the first time we've seen that from Kyler and I think that's a great glimpse of for everyone who has something to say about the type of leader he is because he's maybe not as vocal or outspoken as some of those other franchise quarterbacks around the league he has a different kind of personality but that doesn't mean he's not a leader that doesn't mean his his teammates aren't picking up on that and that they're not heeding his advice and it's not working and I think that those are two really good examples of you can say what you want but Look at the video. Look at the proof of him being a natural leader and his teammates taking to that.
0: Different ways to lead, whether that's vocally or by example. And then there's stuff that we don't see, which Hard Knocks in season has allowed us to get a glimpse of behind closed doors, if you will, a different perspective on what goes on in the lead up to games. And then obviously some funny moments as well, apparently the narrator in all of this, calling Zach Allen the cleanest dog in Phoenix, or has the cleanest dog in Phoenix. And once again, that good-natured ribbing between what I think has become almost like the older brother, younger brother between J.J. Watt and Zach Allen. And then out of nowhere, it it, it didn't really kind of fit the flow of the episode to me. It just kind of like, it, but it stood out because it was just a, a random conversation about washing your dog in the midst of a break in practice, which, again, it's it's real life. And, no, these coaches and players don't focus on football 24-7, 365. But just in the minute of a, a moment of a, a water break, if you will, they're having to talk about, okay, this is what happened when I watched the dog. Well, we pay for someone to watch, and it's just the back and forth.
1: Zach was saying how he took a shower and then he bathed his dog, and it took so much work, he got sweaty, and he had a shower again. And JJ was just trying to make a joke saying, like, you showered with your dog? And Zach was, you know, giving him a hard time back and said, I bet you pay someone to come in from Italy, spend $400 to wash your dogs. And JJ kind of paused for a second and had a little spark. and was like, well, they don't come from Italy, but yes, we do pay to have our dogs bathed. And Zach was like, hmm, must be nice. And it's funny because... That's the kind of conversation I would have with my sisters. Like, they, they were pretty stoic about it. Like, the two of them going back and forth. And I actually had a chance. I worked an event with JJ a week ago, one-on-one, and we talked about him going back and forth with Zach. And I had asked him, how much can Zach truly get away with you? And JJ laughed and said, no, not much. I know it seems like he can in and, and the pieces where Zach is mic'd up for game day or whatever, but he can't, he can't get away with stuff with me he's kind of like the little brother so it is exactly the way that you were describing it of they kind of have that big brother little brother relationship and I think maybe that's why Zach takes so well to JJ and probably a good reason as to why Zach has had such a significant leap this year and has had such big improvements year after year is learning from JJ and getting to play alongside JJ a
0: career high in sacks, passes defensed, and tackles for loss for Zach Allen this season, who will not play this week. He's already been ruled out after having surgery on his hand. Don't know if that is a long-term injury or not, but that was news on Wednesday. And it might be, hopefully, something, again, depending on how serious, where you can let it heal a little bit, wrap it up, put it in a cast, and then go out and play defensive linemen are able to do that. You can't do that if you're a wide receiver or a quarterback, but you can somewhat play one-handed along that defensive line, And You would just like to see Zach finish what he started because this last season and this season, putting back-to-back years together in what this year is a contract year, an important offseason for him and his future.
1: And this is a different situation from what we know, at least, regarding the injury than someone like DJ Humphries or Byron Murphy, where you're dealing with a back. Byron Murphy's probably a better example in the contract year. Even though the Cardinals, look, by the time we're recording this, still mathematically, in the hunt, technically for the playoffs, without 4-9, and nine, we know that the chances are slim to none. There's still stuff worth playing for, and that's pride. That's your job. That's being a professional, being a good teammate. So I would imagine if Zach Allen can play, he'll play. This, this to me, from what we have heard doesn't seem like the kind of injury where it's you know what there's four games left the season's really gotten away from us let's just hold him out let him recover he'll come back next year that wouldn't surprise me if, if Byron doesn't make enough improvements to come back and you're getting to one or two games left in the season to back is so different so I could understand if that's the way that Byron Murphy's season ends up but to me it wouldn't make sense for Zach to sit out to simply sit out If you're right, if this is the kind of recovery process where you can have a cast on it, wrap it up, and he can still play without having any sort of setback.
0: Murphy's missed the past four games officially listed or officially considered day-to-day, even though during Wednesday's walkthrough, he was not a participant. Again, something that you just have to see what happens over time, and we'll keep an eye on it here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. But you mentioned as far as something to play for over these last four games and now I know it's words, you want to see actions, but the comments and the rather emphatic comments in the locker room post game from Chris Banjo and James Conner, and even head coach Cliff Kingsbury, imploring this team to pay attention to the details, which Colt McCoy addressed earlier on Wednesday, and making sure that the mistakes are gonna happen, but not the same mistakes and not many mistakes, and trying to trying to turn this season around, even if it is just four games left,
1: yeah. I mean, but this is this is their job just because playoffs are not within reach doesn't mean that they don't just show up to games. You still have to put in the work and practice. And again, somebody is watching your film, and that's what's important here is is that's why these players are going to go out and they're going to play and I think you have to give credit to this team. I don't know that there's many situations where you can say that they didn't fight till the end. And that's not easy to do. I don't think that was really there this time last year. I think you did see a lot of those mistakes because they weren't in it mentally. Because they were just what seemed so overwhelmed or shocked by how their season took a turn from how it started. And I don't think you can say the same this year. I really do think that this team has continued to fight until the end. So there is still something worth playing for. And that was really the message is you're a professional. This is a blessing to be in the situation you are in. Do not take that for granted.
0: The effort's been there. The results have not been there. And there are four games left to kind of turn that around couple of other items within Episode 5 of Hard Knocks in Season 1, right off the top, was the 3.12 a.m. Cliff Kingsbury driving into work, which I knew it's become – it's not a stuff of legend, but it, it it is well known that Cliff gets into work very early. I did not realize it was before 4 a.m. in which his workout begins before 4 a.m., Danny, I'm not quite out of bed at 4. I'm close. I wake up early. What? I, I, I'm an early
1: that's, morning that's person. That's more than an early riser, Craig. got to
0: get in. Early
1: riser like 5 to 6.
0: I'm a little bit early. I'm about a 4 to 4.30 early riser. What on riser. earth do you,
1: could you possibly need to be up at 4 or 4.30 in the morning to get done?
0: There's just something about being in a house where it's real quiet. And you can just kind of gather your thoughts and get ready for the day. That might
1: be the creepiest thing you've ever said, Craig. A quiet house at 4 in the morning? Yeah. No.
0: Get the day started? You have started. a teenage
1: daughter. I can guarantee you she's probably in her room with the door closed. I'm sure that your house she's could be quiet asleep. enough.
0: She's still asleep at 4 a.m.
1: Like a normal person. Yeah. That but, was pretty crazy to see the 312 I'm not driving at
0: 312.
1: How do you even keep your eyes open? I feel like I have so many questions <laughs> for Cliff at the moment. And you know what? I really hope that... When they were recording his workout and he was jumping rope, I really hope that the only reason he didn't have air or, you know, headphones in or didn't hear music was because they were recording. Because equally as psychotic as driving at 312 in the morning to work would be working out without any sort of music whatsoever. And that was something I picked up on. But I'm hoping that was just because Hard Knocks was there filming, and so they were thinking about that.
0: You know what would be really fun is if one morning— No,
1: it would not be fun. I know what you're going to say.
0: We just show up and are there as well to kind of greet
1: If I didn't do that alone and I was with you, I could be persuaded. (laughs) But only if our boss, Tim Delaney, would allow me to go home for the day by like 11 in the morning.
0: To catch up on the sleep that you missed.
1: Yes. So if that gets approved, I would do it. I'm I'm close to work, so I could do it.
0: Otherwise, you just pull an all nighter, which I'm sure you did back in college or even in high school, and just no, don't go to bed.
1: You know what? I I can never pull an all nighter. I'm not the kind of person where I could function. I I truly need even if it's two or three hours. Like I desperately need some sort of sleep.
0: It's impressive. The head coach says he's in bed around 9 or 10, but you're out the door at 3:12, and then we did get a look inside his office. Does not have much. He's never had much, but two things stood out to me. A painting of his mom who he lost early in his life battle of cancer, and then the four agreements. And I read each of the four and you kind of get a little sense of why Cliff does what he does or says what he does. The four agreements. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. Cliff does that daily. And when he addresses the media, you can see and hear that.
1: Did you also notice the Patrick Mahomes bobblehead?
0: I did see that, yeah. I was going to bring it up just because it's not a Cardinals player, but it is. But it makes sense of all
1: non-Cardinals players. I didn't
0: see a Baker Mayfield bobblehead doll in there.
1: (laughs) I also, it was just the box. So do we think that the bobblehead was somewhere on a shelf out of frame or was it in the box cliff
0: Cliff smart you keep things in the box maybe you get it signed and the value goes goes up
1: oh you think that's okay maybe again another question that i have for cliff i'll have to add it to my checklist in my head
0: cliff addresses the media on friday i'm sure he would love to answer these questions as opposed to answering questions about kyler and the rest of the injury report
1: you know what if he's gonna have to answer questions anyway maybe i should sprinkle one of those in that's not a bad idea craig
0: and another question that we have that i that I'm dying to know, and I know you have the same question. What is Antoine Wesley doing in the quarterbacks room?
1: What on earth? Why is he not in the wide receivers room?
0: Maybe the quarterbacks and wide receivers meet at different times maybe. so he can do both.
1: I maybe don't know. maybe he's trying to um, get some inside knowledge so he knows what kind of questions to ask on his next episode of Tweezy Tiny Mike in the locker room with his teammates, which was hysterical on our social content. Uh, That was pretty funny to me. But look, if you're going to have, I would imagine, you're going to have any teammate who does not play the position in your room to just hang out, maybe lighten the mood, it would absolutely be tweezy.
0: It's unfortunate that he's hurt and attempted to come back and then re-injured himself. But yeah, that not only his play on the field, but just getting to know him off the field and how – how happy he always seems to be, always has a smile on his face, always joking around, and to a certain extent, that is missing in that Cardinals locker room right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, he does seem to be around a little more. I don't know if that's just the the part of his recovery process. He's out – he's at, at this moment, um, being out there at practice and things like that. It's just – I believe the press release we got Wednesday from the Cardinals media relations staff with some of the moves that they made – believe it said they have 15 starters on IR which is 15 players 15 players sorry 15 players on the injured reserve list which is second to only the Broncos correct, correct. The, the opponent this week
0: they have 17
1: and look everybody deals with injuries we know that it's about how you handle that adversity but man the cards that they have been dealt
0: it just seems like each week something new happens whether on the field or off the field and it's made for some interesting episodes of Hard Knocks in season. With this episode five, anything else that we might have missed? I did want to touch on the, the roster moves, but anything else within the episode that, that stood out to you outside of, again, 3.12 a.m. is really going to stick out in my mind. I thought I was up early. I got no shot against the head coach.
1: I don't know that anything else besides those really stood out to me.
0: If you missed it or want to catch up on past episodes, HBO, HBO Max, and you get all the reaction right here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and as well on azcardinals.com. You brought the roster moves. There were seven of them made on Wednesday, including two more players. Kyler Murray, obviously, we knew was going to be placed on injured reserve. Rondell Moore, his season is done, placed on IR. So, You lose those two, and it's unfortunate for Rondell because this is now the second straight season he does not complete. He ended last season being inactive the last three games, and it's again goes back to the availability, and people are going to question Rondell Moore's availability because he has now missed 12 games over the past two seasons, and that's coming off missing time in college as well.
1: Yeah, his groin injury put him on IR, which is a minimum of four games missed, which is how many games the Cardinals have left in the regular season. It's a, it's a tough blow, especially because, you know, the reason you let Christian Kirk walk in free agency was because you have Rondale, and that's the role you expected him to fill in the slot. And the fact that he hasn't been healthy to really get going this season. Um, he has had a couple of moments where once he kind of gets hot and, you know, has a couple consistent games under his belt, you see that spark. But he hasn't had that opportunity to really get going this season. And because you've been using Rondale off and on, that's obviously affected the way that you've been able to work in Greg Dortch and, you know, the inconsistency there not on Greg at all. Um, it's just been – it has not been easy for this team. This offense specifically has had to deal with plenty of injuries. Right tackle Calvin Beecham, the the remaining starter – standing knock on wood who hasn't missed time because of an injury.
0: That entire uh, wide receiver room, DeAndre Hopkins, six-game suspension. Hollywood Brown, missing time on IR. Antoine Wesley, done for the season. Rondell Moore, missing time. Those are your top four wide receivers that at some point were going to be on the field, never played together, never had all four of those healthy in one particular or available in one particular week.
1: And you never had them with Zach Ertz, your other reliable receiver who's done for the year with a knee injury. It's just been been hard. And now you've got Colt McCoy coming in who this team has the utmost confidence in and it's easy to see why the way he makes his reads. He's very decisive, can get the ball out quickly. I can't imagine that is easy one as a backup to come into a game, but to do so on the fourth play from the line of scrimmage when the game plan is so different when it's Kyler Murray, no disrespect to Colt, but their abilities and using their legs. I can't imagine that was a very easy transition for the coaching staff or for Colt or the offense as a whole. And not only that, but mentally just to watch your franchise quarterback get carted off with his towel covering his face, covering his tears. And then to get back onto the field, I feel like the Cardinals did a good job maintaining their composure with everything they experienced in those first two minutes of the game.
0: They responded very well because they finished that drive, and then there was another drive, but then three consecutive scoring drives, and you take a 13-7 to lead. I thought the response was great. They just weren't able to cap it off against the Patriots on Monday night, so... Again, another opportunity this week at the Denver Broncos. Potentially could see Will Hernandez back on the field. He was designated to return from IR. He's missed the past four games with a chest injury. That is one player I do want to see on the field. He is a free agent at the end of the season, but is he someone that, one, have you seen enough after nine starts at right guard? Do you need to see more? And if he does come back this week or next week, is it at right guard or is it at left guard where he spent the majority of his career before arriving here with the Cardinals because you're looking at Justin Pugh, free agent to be. So there is an opening at left guard if Pugh does not want to come back and after contemplating retirement a year ago, my guess is that we might not see Justin Pugh in a Cardinals uniform or any uniform next season. So where does Will Hernandez fit along that offensive line, if he fits at all in the future?
1: Justin Pugh, another ACL injury you've got to figure out what you're going to do with Ronnie Hudson at center. That That's what's interesting is looking at contracts and looking at health of the offensive line, and you're going to get to the point in the season now where you're going to start playing players, one, if they're deserving to play, but two, to figure out what it is you're working with. And I think the offensive line is one of, if not the most pressing position groups. I think maybe you probably have seen enough knowing you would need a pass rusher, Um, but the offensive line is really interesting because you're having to use so many backups, and it's not the same four backups that you're rolling with every week. It has been a revolving door of, you have this group, oh, but you got to switch out your left guard. You have this group, you know what, we're going to move our right guard. You know what, new left tackle. There's been so many moving pieces, and I think that you have to figure out who do you trust enough to bring back even if it's not as a starter as your depth and there's so many options from how many players have played on the offensive line this year but I think that's something that's going to be looked at at this point in the season these final four games is who do you bring back what what can you be working with next year
0: and the reason I bring up Hernandez as far as right guard or left guard because you also have Cody Ford who has started Three games at left guard. He's another free agent to be. And I'm real curious about Lucita Smith. He made his career or his debut as far as starting games at right guard. But all through the offseason and training camp, he was being worked at at center. And is it too much to see what he can do at the center spot over these one of these four games? Probably but, okay, where does he fit? Because he is going to be here next season and beyond. Is he your center? Is he a guard? I mean, I, I those are answers I don't have. But when you're talking about the interior of the offensive line, that's a huge question mark for me.
1: Absolutely. And is it he's been playing the time he has because it's just been time for him to step up? Is next year a year where if if those two positions – it's different starters and they're healthy, that Lacidas is more of a backup to get a full year of really understanding those positions and maybe they'll find which of the two best fits him as the priority and then he's just a swing backup if he has to be for the other. Would it wouldn't really surprise me if the plan is not for him to be a starter next year and it's to really give him that full year to really learn and understand those positions and have some true depth and kind of see what you're working with with him there
0: stay at one position hopefully and that was the plan that was going to be the plan this season but injuries dictated next man up play your best five and he just happened to be one of your best five just not at a position that he worked at in training camp the other roster moves on Wednesday Max Williams Jace Whitaker signed to the active roster. So Max, who's always been here, but now instead of being elevated to the practice squad, he just now is on the active roster. And two quarterbacks signed. One, David Blau, to the active roster, signed off the Vikings practice squad. And then Carson Strong, side of the practice squad, the former University of Nevada product had spent preseason with the Eagles. So you've got four quarterbacks now. But it is, again, it's Colt McCoy, Trace McSorley, one, two, And the other two are just basically, one, run the scout team to perhaps see what potential there could be moving forward, and then just make sure you're safe in case there's another injury, God forbid, at that position.
1: Yeah, wasn't that going through your mind Monday night when Colt was the only active quarterback on the roster? He didn't run a lot, but on the few times he ran, I was kind of holding my breath there of Colt, uh, who would have been the backup? I believe running back Corey Clement.
0: Yeah, I heard that. I can't remember if it was was that maybe perhaps on the broadcast or on Cardinals Underground. But Corey Clement, yeah, your emergency QB. I had people asking. I you know I had no idea. It's not something you typically have to wonder. Much like you know who's the emergency long snapper or the emergency kicker. Things you just really don't think about until you have to. But you hope that the coaching staff has already thought about that.
1: Yeah, so now having these quarterbacks, you'll feel a little more at ease moving forward.
0: Moving forward again, Denver Broncos, the next stop for the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, I have not looked at the weather report, Danny, but uh, I do believe it is going to be cold. So uh, are, are you prepared for what awaits you in the Mile High City?
1: Believe it or not, I believe I am actually prepared. I've got a nice, long heavy warm coat ready to go i might need to get some hand warmers but i won't be down there on the field as long as paul will um
0: yeah but we don't worry about paul. we
1: don't worry about no. paul but i think the high last time i looked is like 43 and it's going to be cloudy um and
0: then when the sun sets because it's kickoffs at 205 yeah get behind the clouds yep yeah, it will drop
1: it will be chilly
0: okay just huddle up with your closest friends on the sidelines or, you know, on the plane right Well, you back. know, I
1: sit next to Darren Urban in the press box. Do you, I don't know that he'd be comfortable if I cuddled up with him for warmth.
0: That's a visual that I won't be getting out of my head. <laughs> All right, and on that note, we'll put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.